The information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only and is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts. Hi, this is Rob Cook, host of the Contenders Wanted podcast, and you're tuned into Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. We sent a preparatory email out. We sent out the offering memorandum, and then I sent out a, okay, we're oversubscribed email two days later. And this one, it happened so fast, I didn't even have a chance to do a webinar. I was teed up to do a webinar. Like this was on a Thursday and we were going to do it like on the following Monday or Tuesday. Uh, We didn't do it. We were already subscribed. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, the founder of the Dream Chasers platform. And thank you for tuning into our content. We've got some phenomenal creators making a name for themselves on this platform. And we just want to say thank you for going on this journey with us. It's been a lot of fun over the past few years, and hey, we're just getting started. We would also like to take this moment to shine light on our sponsor, Raise Masters, the number one mastermind for elite capital raisers. To learn more about Raise Masters, you can go to raisemasters.com. That's raisemasters.com. And again, thank you for investing your most valuable resource with us, your time. Now kick back and enjoy the show. Jeremy, my amazing producer, Take it away. This is Dream Chasers, episode 202 with Mark Schuler. Hey guys. Hi, Grandma. This is Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we bring next level talent to the light. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I would like to share with you a case study with my good friend, Mark Schuler, who is a client and member of ours over at Raise Masters, the number one mastermind for elite capital raisers. He recently had a big win, raised $16 million. Yes, won $6 million in a 24-hour period. And at one point, I believe he even mentioned he was raising a million dollars per hour. This guy, he's the man, he is on fire. And if you want to learn how he did it, listen up. Here we go. How's it going, everyone? Okay, so here's the story with this. I saw in our Slack channel, in our mastermind, that one of our clients had a crazy success story. In fact, Adam, who's also on here, said, hey, man, you need to check this big wins column because we just got something really, really cool. And we wanted to do a quick interview because the Facebook group was like, whoa, how did you do what you did? So... First of all, Mark, thanks again for taking the time and and welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Adam, if you want to just take a quick second. So Adam is my partner in this. I've been in the business for 10 years. Adam's been working with me for like four years or five years now and helps me run Raise Masters as well. To add some color here too, you know, as Hunter mentioned, it's almost been about five years now. He brought me under his wing. We've been through some incredible journeys and now we're here with Raise Masters. And I don't think I've seen as mind-blowing of a testimonial until now. So you guys are in, get your popcorn ready. That's cool. All right. So Mark, just want to hear just a little bit about your background and then you know how we ended up getting to know each other and we'll go from there. Sure. My name is Mark Schuler, and I am a practicing architect in the state of Washington. I'm also licensed in Texas. And you know, about eight, 10 years ago, I started just doing real estate. About 20 years ago, I actually got an advanced degree in real estate development from the University of Washington. 
you know, and then as things happen, life gets in the way and it took me a while to kind of get going with it. But eight years ago, probably I started getting really serious about it. You know, so I found that for me, the niche I really enjoyed the most, just given my architectural background is apartments. I've been a housing architect for 40 years and know the, the product type intimately. So it was a real natural pivot for me to kind of move into that space. And then, you know, I don't do ground up development. I find that the risk profile is not my cup of tea. So I just got involved with the the value add game and I've been doing that for a long time. I've done probably 14 syndications now, turned thousands of units, currently have about 300 million under management, about 2000 doors and doing deals all the time. I've got three deals I'm doing right now. So awesome. And we're going to talk about there's so many things I want to unpack there later in the conversation, but you know, you obviously had a tremendous momentum coming into our group, and you know, sometimes we'll we'll circle back on that. But because of the fact that you had so much momentum, have you been in a like a mastermind, a coaching program before, anything like that? Yeah, it was kind of one of these quasi guru things, and you know, I didn't pay the kind of rates that are being charged right now. I don't advise anybody to do that, but. You know, it was an okay experience for me. I felt like it was the kick in the pants I needed to pivot off what I was doing as an architect and really get going in the business. So from that point of view, it was great. From a learning point of view, it quickly became apparent. I knew a lot more about the business of my coach. So I kind of ran it to, through its course. You know, I think I signed up for a year coaching program and, you know, just uh, kind of went off and did my thing ever since then. So... That's awesome. Um, but this this is a different level of mastermind than what I've participated in the past. So I enjoy the repartee of the, the group and just the kind of the kicking around of ideas and everybody sort of rolling up their sleeves and really trying to kind of get in the weeds and, you know, what are we talking about this week and really drilling down on it. I find that extremely beneficial. I'm very detail-oriented as an architect. And so, I mean, I just kind of gather all this data and I just kind of store it away in my little computer and use it. I use it all. So That's awesome. All right. So we'll talk about Raise Masters in a little bit, but let's talk about this crazy raise. Yeah. Let, let me kind of get, get, lay us some groundwork, I should say, leading up into this raise and then you know, the results and then how you're able to accomplish this. I'm not sure I'm going to address how I accomplished it. I'm still trying to figure to unpack that one. But, you know, it was a standard deal for us. We uh, do a lot of deals in the $35, $40 million range. And so this is kind of a middle of the fairway raise for us, about 13, 14 million, which, you know, we've gotten really good at that size deal. You know, with our business model, we have to have a certain size deal in order to support the uh, labor we put on a project. So, you know, that's generally 200, 250 doors at a minimum. You know, you start doing the math, you get up to 35, 40 million all day long. And it was a new market for us. So I had to do a lot of research to familiarize myself with the market and just have my bullet points all lined up for a bunch of questions that I knew I was going to get. So I had all my arguments all lined out and did my standard OM. I'm very detailed in my OM. You've seen them. And, you know, I kind of set up my whole CRM and my uh, mailing process. And, you know, I'm getting better at that. I'm not great at it. But, you know, I did do a little bit of automation this time around and hit send. And... Mm -hmm. It was crazy. At one point, we were raising a million dollars an hour. We did that for eight straight hours. And it was $13.5 million. And we had to shut it down in 24 hours. But it, it, we just had such a, a huge outsized response. We were not anticipating. We were not expecting 
you know, guys writing us $2 million checks, million dollar checks, 4.3 million in 1031 money, the hundred, $200,000 checks coming in at the clip that they were coming in. And I, you know, granted, I, I do a lot of preparatory legwork every time we release a deal. So I'm, you know, sending out a pre-email email or pre-blast email, letting people know I've got one coming up, be prepared, look for it. It is going to fill very quickly. And you just have to be able to make your mind up as quickly as you can. And just let me know and don't dither on this one. But even with that, the uh, craziness of the uh, response is just off the hook. And there's a lot of macro forces at play, I think, that contributed to that. But a lot of it was, I think we're getting better at setting the deal up setting up the campaign better. Our investor database grows with every deal. So, you know, we're up to about 2000 people now. So it really grows. We are at a, you know, and in the raise game, you just keep cycling up to higher and higher levels of capital. You know, clearly we've reached, you know, a level that, you know, can write institutional size checks. And these are, by the way, there was, this was not institutional money. It was all individual investors. So I've been trying to noodle on this mousetrap for about four years, trying to figure out how to do it. And by far, this is the best one we've ever done. So we we do the funder flop sessions within Raise Masters, which Hunter, if you want to shed light on that, you can. But I recall one, maybe even two sessions that you and Mark did early on in his time joining Raise Masters. And Mark, I don't know if you remember, you had a lot of confusion back then, if you remember. like this, You're talking to Hunter about this and that. And we don't have to go into details, but it's just so cool to see from those meetings to this moment right here. I don't know if it was confusion, but you know, for your listeners, I've been a practicing architect for 40 years and I have a brand. And so the thing, and I'm also, I'm not geared to like be out here in the world. I'm just not like that. And so what I was concerned about is coming across as really spammy. And I didn't want to compromise my brand. I have worked long and hard to build this brand and it actually means something to me but also gives me a lot of cred. So, I mean, that helps me in my raise game. So I didn't want to taint my brand coming across as really spammy. And I still think about that a lot. And I'm looking for this kind of balanced approach to it where really what I'm trying to present is not, you know, bloviating. And there's some gurus out there that want you to go on social media and toot your horn as loud as you can. And that's just not who I am. So I had to think of a different way to do it. My way of doing it is coming across with a massive amount of competence in what I do for a living. And I want to convey that through everything I do in this business. And I think I might have hit the formula because I I took on a new investor call today. And the thing that this new investor, she wants to invest with us, consistently said is like, you are a cut above everybody else out there. You guys really know what you're doing. And I said, thank you, because that's what, exactly what I'm trying to convey. Um, I like that. Let's let's yeah. circle back on that, because this is something that those early conversations, like Adam said, something that you've gotten very good at is building up the excitement before the deal and then yeah. getting that excitement and turning it into wire in the bank account at the right timing. So yeah. walk us through like how you were able to build up excitement, excitement, and this is the window. And you yeah. know you can do your due diligence after you reserve because at this time the deal is going to fill up very quickly. Walk us through because I think a lot of people are interested in how to create that excitement and then scarcity for the next deal, which now you've accomplished. Boy, so the next raise is going to be yep. really great as well. Yeah, boy, 
that was a key component of the marketing of the deal, you know, and I, in this, so I, I don't know if you guys have seen the kind of commercial real estate, every time they send out a new deal, they've got this mailer that's designed for both desktop, tablet, and mobile applications. And they end up being this really skinny kind of mailer that fits well on a mobile phone, but looks really skinny on a desktop. I use gig workers a lot for this sort of thing. And so I, I worked with this guy from India and we designed this really flashy looking mailer with live buttons in it. And, you know, just in that mailer, like four times, I said, do not wait. This is going to fill fast. And so what I, you know, and I wasn't lying. I'm not kidding you when I say it's going to fill fast. So creating that sense of urgency and scarcity, I know it works. And now I have a huge story I can tell on my next one. Totally. And this is one of the things that I felt like I had to kind of push you on a little bit because, and I, I too, like the name of my company is ASIM Capital. It's short for asymmetric returns. We cater to savvy, sophisticated investors. I don't ever try to convince people what a syndication is or that it's not a Ponzi scheme. My investors are just not in that caliber. Right. But because of that, and this is the conversations that was really taking place back then, because of that, they're very busy professionals. Yes. So like those extra couple of touches, maybe even some text messages mixed in can really be the kind of thing that they're grateful for as opposed to sometimes as capital raisers, we're feeling like people are obsessed with us. We send them one email. We expect them to open it in the first place. It's like, you really got to do it. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your investors to give them a couple of extra touches yes. to help them invest in your deal if you believe in your product. Is that I, a fair summary, Mark? Yeah, that's an elegant way of putting it. And that's what I'm trying to get better at. You know, I'm trying to renoodle the the email campaign and just try to figure out what the right balance is between nudging people to get their attention because they are busy and having to apologize for them because they did their, didn't get in the deal. You know, and it's like, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm not kidding you when I tell you to jump on this thing quickly. And then, of course, the follow-up is, but don't worry, I have another deal coming. I'm like two months away from releasing another deal. I will get you on that one. But now you know, you cannot wait. You know, it's... It's a beautiful thing, creating all that urgency. So um, It will last a lifetime, especially... Yes. So like something that I do in my raises, I usually am a very significant investor in each of our investment opportunities. I'm usually the largest or one of the largest, something like that. Yeah. But I'm eager to get other investors into the deal more than my own capital. Like I will start out with a large block and then as the deal becomes oversubscribed, I'll get to a point where, okay, this is the minimum. I'm actually comfortable doing all this work and investing as an LP. But it creates some buffer there. So if we come up short, I can invest larger. That's totally fine. doesn't happen much anymore. But the point right. is, that's why it's there. From Yeah, your I mean, and that's happened to me in a couple of deals. I used that same strategy. I didn't get the buffer. And I got, I got squeezed out of my own deal. So I was <laughs> like, no, I'm committing heavy and early. Totally. So quick question. One of the things that we focus on in Raise Masters in the training is to focus on automations, systems, so that you don't have to do a bajillion phone calls. If you're trying to raise you know, $16 million, which I should say, that's what you raise, $16 million in 24 hours. A lot of people hear that and they think, you know, what team of salesmen did you have to kind of get this money across the finish line? Could you provide oh. some context in terms of what systems you're using that allowed <laughs> you to do this in a scalable manner? It's me and my IT guy. And we're using a CRM and we sent a preparatory email out. We sent out the email with the offering memorandum. And then I sent out a, okay, we're oversubscribed email two days later. Well, honestly, on this one, it happened so fast. I didn't even have a chance to do a webinar. I was teed up to do a webinar. Like this was on a Thursday. 
and we were going to do it like on the following Monday or Tuesday. Uh, we didn't do it. We we were already subscribed. And so I just we just killed the webinar. That's not so, the first time I've heard that. We've had several clients that are really good now at getting that excitement, excitement, excitement. Because you can't... Here's the thing. You cannot ever come up short on a raise. That is not an option. So right. you can push all the buttons to ensure that you are oversubscribed. And then once you start to get good at it, you'll find, okay, we were supposed to do the webinar on a Monday. On Friday, it's oversubscribed by 20%, meaning that we're really confident we'll get it fully funded. We can go to Vegas for Saturday and Sunday. We don't have to do the webinar. But to some people, that sounds kind of like an infomercial. Like there's no way you got all this money across the finish line. Just for context, how many investors do you think you had in terms of the number of investors? Because I know there were some significant LP investors I don't know, 75 or 80 at a minimum okay. on this one. You yeah. know, I've had deals where we've had as many as 250. Okay. And did you do any phone calls in that 24-hour nope. period? No, I went to bed. I woke up the next morning and we were full. Yeah. So that is pretty awesome. I actually didn't know any of the details of that. One thing I'm wondering, uh, Mark, and this is impressive, and maybe you can dive deeper beyond your, you know, obviously you have the experience in the sector. A lot of capital raisers feel as though they need to have a podcast in order to achieve something like this, because you definitely see success stories where that's the case. Obviously, that's not the case for you. And there's some other members in our group who've had some impressive victories without having a, you know, the, <laughs> you got to have a podcast in order to do this. So what was the secret there? As far as just being able to influence people without really having that that stage of your own that that I feel oh, like is well, uh, two ways I can unpack that. You know, I've been kind of just taking pages out of your playbook. One, I've been kind of building a a website. I don't know if you guys have been to my website, but you go there, and the first thing I have is a credibility counter, and you know, it just kind of scrolls through the size of our portfolio. And it's very dynamic, a little hard to not see that. And that's, you know, for a lot of folks that, you know, the visual connections they're making makes it pretty compelling. I think uh, in my case, yeah, I've been doing this a while. So I, uh, you know, I've been at this game for eight years. So a lot of people have made, what I counsel a lot of people is when you're first getting in the game, it is hard for your friends, family, and acquaintances to switch how they view you Say, let's say you're a lab tech at you know, UW Hospital or something like that. And all of a sudden, you're now a real estate investor. Building up the credibility with people to get them and convince them that that's what you're doing and that you actually know what you're doing, to get them to place capital with you, that is a big mountain to climb. So I have spent years kind of making that transition and pivoting off of architecture and into real estate. And it wasn't a big pivot for me. I mean, people see me doing this all the time. I have five family members who are commercial brokers. So, you know, it's not a hard sell for people to see me in that role. And now I've done 14 syndications. I mean, people just are really comfortable not only seeing me that way, but now they want to get in on the game. So, you know, I've put in the hard work. I've climbed the mountain and I'm sitting at the top. Doesn't mean other people can't do it, but it takes a while. Totally. Yeah. It's hard work. If it wasn't, everyone would do it. Oh, yeah. Um, that's actually a tie-in. There's two tie-ins there that I want to kind of talk about because, you know, when we first got together, we started getting to know each other. You know, background as an engineer, structural engineer, architecture, it's kind of similar. You got a tremendous background in this business. You know, as someone who kind of 
I really like to help people get to the next level. Coachability is something that we always look for. And sometimes if someone comes in with like pretty significant momentum, it's like, okay, is this person going to be coachable? Are they going to be contributing to this group? Like sometimes you can feel like, hey, I figured this out. I can move on with my life. But that, while I was kind of thinking that initially, just kind of a question mark, just given your background, I have found you're extremely receptive to new information and have been an excellent client of ours, not just because you kind of listen to the guidance that I provide, but you've also contributed incredibly and also listened to others as well. What guidance do you have for people? I mean, first of all, talk about your experience as a client in Raise Masters and also just the community element because you've played a huge role in a lot of people's growth. Thanks. So when I came into Raise Masters, I had had done a number of deals and had been really on my own intuitively trying to figure out the mousetrap that you had already figured out. And I could have spent the next 10 years trying to get to where I am right now. And just so your listeners know, I've only been a member of Raise Masters for a year, if that. And I feel like I like jump-started and pushed myself way down the road compared to where I would have been had I tried to figure it out all on my own. So I was at a point where I knew what I needed. I was, I'm usually pretty hyper-focused, almost autistically so, on a goal. And I knew the goal that I had to accomplish, and I had to accomplish it really rapidly. So, of course, I was going to be really receptive to, you know, I had already had your book and was reading it. It was like, yeah, this is a dude I got to be talking to and you know, sallying up against and trying to figure out, you know, emulate his game. But to your point, I long ago learned that I just need to keep my ego tucked in my back pocket. And when you do that, good things happen. And, you know, you all of a sudden you do become more receptive to information and data. And as a, you know, a, basically a hyper analytical guy, I'm always trying to build bigger and bigger data sets so I can like spin the calculus in my head and figure out what I have to do next. And I just learned to like, you know, shut my brain off and listen. You know, you got ears and mouth on your head in a certain proportion. You should be using them that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's kind of how I do it. So. Yeah. I really like that. And it's just such a great lesson to learn. Like we're always constantly growing and learning. And there's so much out there that you can learn. I mean, I learned something at every single one of the meetings. That's one yeah. of the reasons why I love to attend all of them. And the outside speakers are just incredible. And But also the members themselves. You know, we have incredibly high level members who are raising, you know, 10, 20, 30 million dollars. Yeah. And also people who are like raising their first million, but have just incredible backgrounds outside of real estate. Right, you know, like right. People that recently received like an IPO capital. It's like, okay, now I've got this money. Let's convert it into a real estate syndication business. And I can go on and on. So um, yeah. Mark, for anybody that's kind of sitting on the sidelines on the fence, what would you say for people? And like, in terms let, me, of- let me just sprinkle a little cherry on top to that one too. Anyone out there who might be a Mark Schuler as well, because you know I'm, I'm on the sales front with a lot of our incoming members and I meet individuals who have had tremendous success prior to Race Masters like yourself. And um, you know they, they they could go either way. So to another Mark Schuler, even listening, considering Raise Masters, if you could. To, oh, uh, um, Hunter, is that clear, Hunter? <laughs> yep, hundred percent. You know, I'm big one about you know setting and articulating your goals. And look, if this is a business that you want to pursue, just be aware that a lot of people they have the misconception that you know, oh, you just go out and buy a building, and all of a sudden you're a real estate investor. Look, you know, you can do that. <laughs> But I wanted to play the game at a really high level. I'm not talking about like Pop Warner ball. I wanted to go to the NFL right away. And so if you want to do that, then a you know, core component 
of real estate is knowing how to raise money. Believe me, that is an acquired skill. And there is a lot to understand about it. You have to, there's a lot of legality around it. You have to understand there's all the SEC rules. You just don't like stumble into it and raise $16 million just because. So you have to have, you know, systems in place. But more importantly, you have to have the mindset. I do think that certain personalities do better in this. And I, I find that personalities that are receptive to input and are willing to kind of fly and make changes on the fly and adapt and, you know, kind of rebrand themselves uh, constantly uh, do well in this line of work. I mean, it's a relationship business. And so if you're going to go in there and try to be a bull in a China shop, you're not going to do well. But if you're going to go in there and like, just talk to people, that's all this business is, just talk to people and don't try to be an asshole, you know, really good things will happen. And you will get there. But, it, you know, I, I want to emphasize, it took me a long time to get here, years. And I've worked hard at it. And yeah, I've made some mistakes and I've stumbled. And could I have jump-started it sooner? Yeah, but, you know, life gets in the way. And, and you know, I can make up any number of excuses. You can get there as quickly or as slowly as you want. It just really depends on you. The mind is a really wonderful thing. You put enough roadblocks in your way, you won't get anywhere. If you if you move all the roadblocks and just kind of focus and and calm yourself, you'll get there right away. I mean, but you have to be receptive to it. That's just always been my goal and, and take in life. So really powerful stuff, especially coming from you, Mark. Listen, man, I really appreciate you doing this. I know you're a busy guy and, and Adam, I appreciate you joining as well. So thanks so much for sharing your case study. Congratulations on the $16 million in 24 hours, especially since you didn't sell your soul to some institution. Man, I absolutely love hearing that. <laughs> and congratulations to investors. And the trophy well. that he's got coming his way, Hunter. That's oh, right. I have a trophy? Oh, what do you know? you something in the mail. So oh, thanks okay. again, Mark. Talk okay. to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you once again for investing your most valuable resource with us here today your time. If you enjoyed today's episode, please drop a five-star rating and a review below. Take a screenshot of it and send it over to nextlevel at carswell.io. We have a present for you. We really appreciate you guys leaving those reviews because it really helps with the overall SEO and visibility of the show and allows us to continue to bring on high-quality guests. So once again, thank you. And remember, take it to the next level.